Welcome to the Your Own Medicine podcast. Thank you for listening. My name is Callie Klug and I am a yoga teacher and somatic practitioner in Southern California. A Your Own Medicine podcast was really created with this idea and this intention of bringing knowledge to you to access the medicine within you and within your own body. So thank you for listening. Let's go. Hello. All right. I'm coming to you from Kauai. It's so amazing. I'm here in um, Kauai right now just with my friends and enjoying nature, which is like time and time again, the most regulating. Um, I don't even want to call it a practice, but I guess it could be spending time in nature. It's just the most regulating thing I feel like we can really do. Um, we went on this amazing nine, nine, ten mile hike yesterday on the Nepali coast. And it was just so stunning. And so I was feeling stressed because of the last two weeks I moved. I don't know if you saw on my um, social media, but there's kind of an emergency situation. And I had to move in one weekend. It was crazy. <laughs> and then just after that, things just kept happening. And um And then I came here, and that hike was just phenomenal. So um, that's where I am right now. Um, It's honestly good to be alive. And um, I'm really excited to share this workshop with you because it's something I haven't done before. So moving forward, I'd like to do um, one community session per month, which is just a free Um, session open to the public um, so that you can explore different topics. We're going to be doing different topics each month and then you can also get a taste of my style, my teachings, um, the kinds of somatic practices that I find useful um, for free. Um, And then not only will it be available to join live but I'll also be posting the audio recordings to the podcast so if you can't make it live for whatever reason if you can't watch the uh, live recording but you would like to still experience the teachings and the workshop um, you will have access to that through the podcast so um, this podcast or uh, this workshop was called Embodied Boundaries, and it was all about giving you a framework to setting healthy boundaries, um, specifically with people in your life that you want to stay in relationship with. So it's very specific. Um, If you are interested more in exploring this topic, as well as boundaries in general, um, going deeper into self-validation, and um, generally just orienting more towards your needs um and your your body and less towards other people and their needs which is essentially just healing from people pleasing um i have a program just for you called from pleasing to power uh it's a three month small groupie small groupie small group coaching container um with 10 women max so it's going to be a very intimate group um, it will be bi-weekly workshops similar to the somatic 
um, embodied boundaries workshop you're about to experience and then we will always have time at the end for spot coaching so to share your questions to share your experiences what you're going through um, that could apply or how these practices can apply to your life in particular because that's why we learn these right Um, When you join, you'll also get full access to my signature on-demand program called Venom, which is packed full of recorded practices on deepening your desire to be disliked, moving into this villain persona, and essentially just healing from people-pleasing. And then you'll also (laughs) get those the chickens and quiet. And then you'll also get access to um, a one-on-one session with me. So if that sounds interesting to you, claim your spot or click the link in the podcast um, little description below and enjoy the workshop. Okay, just experiencing some technical difficulties around every turn, but here we are. (laughs) All right. So let's take a moment, and when I say let's, I really mean let's right now, because I desperately need to ground as well. Um, Let's take a moment, and as we wait for other people to arrive, um, take a moment and look around your space. And I'm just noticing what room you're in. (sighs) And then start to notice your body. Is there anything that your body needs? Water, a blanket. Hi, Melissa. Some food, a sweater, stretch, yawn, make a sound. So I am going to be kind of DJing on a computer and then I have my camera right here. So I'll be kind of going back and forth since I have my notes on this computer and I'll be screen sharing from this one as well. So just give me one moment, allow yourself and your body to settle in. Okay, so um, let's take a moment to ground. We're going to ground with this um, meditation today that allows us to feel into the boundary of our skin because our skin is a very physical boundary. It's the body's first defense against whatever's happening in the outside world, whether it be Uh, temperature bacteria or whatever it is Um, and then we'll also feel into our energetic boundary so go ahead and get cozy and then take a moment once again looking around your space maybe looking all the way over the right shoulder all the way over the left shoulder and slowly coming back 
to center. And then when you feel ready or if you feel ready, you can start to close down your eyes, allowing yourself to tap into your breath. And starting to notice your body in space and particularly noticing the barrier of your skin. And start to notice where your body is making contact with the chair, the bed, the floor, whatever you're sitting on. And notice where this barrier of your skin is like legitimately making contact with maybe your clothes and then this other object that is the chair, the bed, etc. And then start to get in touch. You can even imagine this energetic boundary around your body that is on the same layer as your skin and you can notice it as a different color that helps you differentiate it from the barrier of your skin. And imagine that it's like this stretchy, malleable texture. And we're gonna imagine this barrier, this energy barrier, extending one inch from the body. And so now we're opening up our energy into the chair beneath us, one inch all around us. Maybe you start to feel the air around you, the temperature, the texture. Noticing how it feels to have this energy barrier about one inch from the body. And now we're gonna imagine stretching this energy barrier a foot away from the body. And start to notice as you extend this out, what is now in your energetic field? At this point, my dog is in my energetic field. So another being, maybe it's more space above your head, maybe now going down into the floor. Noticing how it feels to have this energetic barrier stretched. And then one last time, imagining this energetic barrier stretching out 20 feet around you. If you live in an apartment or close to other people, you may actually be now in the other room maybe down below with the people that live beneath you or above you. If you're on a ground floor, you might have the worms and the critters that live below or maybe just the foundation of your home. And noticing how it feels to have this energy barrier stretched. 
There's no wrong or right answer. Just observing how it feels. <sighs> and take a moment and notice what is the texture of your energy barrier? What's the material of it? And then start to slowly bring that energy barrier back to match the barrier of your skin. And start to imagine this energy barrier being really strong, still permeable when you want it to be. but strong like Iron Man's armor or chain mail or something that just cannot be pierced easily. And then when you're ready, take a moment, open your eyes and take a look around your space, looking over your right shoulder, over your left shoulder, and then maybe coming back with some stretches. Ooh, ah, sounds. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. And um, after this workshop, I encourage you to take a few notes, even now, of just how that felt for you. There's really no wrong or right answer with any of these practices. Um, it's just interesting when we connect in this way with this awareness to our body, the kind of information it can give us. I know some people really don't enjoy that meditation because it feels really vulnerable to extend their energy barrier out. And some people love it and it feels really peaceful to them. So just notice how it felt for you. All right. So welcome to Embodied Boundaries. Um, this is a topic I really love talking about um, because I take a very nuanced approach. Um, so I think there's a lot of talk about boundaries on social media, at least on my feeds, I see stuff all the time. And I think there's one particular kind of boundary that's talked about a lot. And it's this very like rigid boundary, like set my boundary with my mom. I told her, mom, go, go, go. And it's like, it never goes well, right? Like, it's never like, oh, and she said, thank you, sweetie. And like, we hugged and it was great. It's normally uh, creates more tension in the relationship. And um, while I have absolutely set those kinds of boundaries myself, and I think they're extremely necessary at times with certain people, I think there's also a kind of boundary that we don't hear about very often, which is a kind of boundary that is set in a way that actually allows the other person, it gives them an opportunity to receive it um, with ease, and it helps the rupture repair cycle of the relationship. Um, so we're going to go into that more in a bit, the whole rupture repair, um, and this is really a workshop focused on how to set boundaries with people that you love and you actually want to stay in relationship with. So just keep that in mind as we go throughout it. Um, okay, so I'm going to see if this works. We're going to 
um, try to share. In the meantime, um, can you please put in the chat a few words of what comes to your mind when you think of the word boundary or you hear the word boundary? First thoughts. Okay. Oh yeah, mom yelling, stretchy, strong. Okay. Oh my, I feel that. Respect, walls, rules. Okay, so structure. Vulnerable, meeting needs, difficult to ask. Yeah, definitely. Difficult, needed, helpful. Yes, yes, yes. Tension. Mm. <laughs> yes, Megan. Something that's hard for me to share and hold people to. Totally. Okay. Thank you for the shares. All right. Um, so here, first of all, yes to everything, um, to all of that. I think a lot of us too, when I was creating the outline for this course, a lot of us may have had boundaries set with us by parental figures that were likely very rigid or very porous and passive aggressive. Um, so, and we'll go kind of explore this right now of like, what does that mean? Um, so a lot of us didn't have great role models when it comes to setting healthy boundaries. All right, so here are the types of boundaries. Um, I love this diagram. I use it all the time in like every single course that I teach. I scribbled out healthy and unhealthy because I kind of think that's bullshit. Um, I think that all of these boundaries, I mean, I would probably say with the exception of the limited non-existent, normally these are these are combined into one. Um, this one, I would say doesn't have a serve too much of a purpose. We'll kind of explore that together. Um, but healthy, unhealthy, I think is not, um, I don't like those labels. All right, so um, these are the kinds of boundaries. So we have our, um, let's say balanced boundaries is the green right here. So we have our balanced boundaries. Um, we allow someone to, to come into our, our space, our energy, like having a, a heart to heart with a friend. Uh, we have boundaries that are permeable, um, but we also are able to say no. Um, we don't let BS in. If you think of like boundaries of the skin, you know, the skin can let in certain things. It is permeable, um, but it doesn't let in many things. And we can kind of think of that as like healthy boundaries or balanced boundaries. Um, and then here we have, let's just combine these two. So we have uh, loose or porous boundaries. Both of these are loose and porous. Um, so in this one, um, a lot can come in. Um, the boundaries aren't very strong. Um, 
So this can look like usually a lot of enmeshment. If you're, um, if you tend to have people pleasing tendencies, I know I do. I've really struggled with um, having loose or porous boundaries. And that doesn't just mean like, oh, I say yes to everything. I can't say no. Um, it can also mean like even with friends uh, getting enmeshed with friends or people in your life that you love. Um, the thing is that what happens when we have these loose or porous boundaries, there's often a, um, a swing back, just like many things in life and trends and everything. When we go really far one way, there's often a overswing the other way. And that ends up with having rigid boundaries. So rigid boundaries, I think, is kind of like what we see a lot on social media right now is like, I said, no, I did this and da, 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 da. didn't want to hear their side, blah, blah, blah. I just put my, I set my boundaries. Um, this rigid boundaries um, have a place. Um, they don't allow for the other person to permeate you um, in a healthy relational way. Um, and they also, um, are often lacking curiosity, which is pretty important in relationships. So we're going to explore these together. Um, like when would it be good to have rigid boundaries? And you can even, you maybe are thinking of someone right now. I know I can think of someone immediately when I think of rigid boundaries. When would it be good to have rigid boundaries? And you can share this in the chat. When would it be super helpful to have really strong boundaries? Jason, when dealing with someone who's previously violated your boundaries. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I have certain topics with my mother I have very rigid boundaries with yeah with people who don't respect you or hold the same values I'm thinking right now of like um of like a boss at work maybe or there's maybe a narcissistic dynamic happening and it's important to kind of lay down the law. Relationships that are damaging or hurtful and the person isn't willing to work together to change the relationship. Okay, that's like, if I could pull that from a textbook, that'd, that'd be it. With people that aren't willing to work together to change the relationship. There it is, thank you. Um, yes, absolutely. And when would, kind of going the other direction, when would rigid boundaries be hurtful to a relationship? In what situations or with what people would rigid boundaries maybe be more detrimental and harmful? Oh. I'm thinking right now of my relationship with my partner. If I 
have really rigid boundaries with him. It's not gonna help in that rupture repair cycle. <coughs> with friends that you wanna continue to have a relationship with. or people who want to work together to change the relationship. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for sharing in the chat. All right, so we're gonna explore this loose and porous boundaries one. Um, like I said, I'm spoiler alert, there's not many situations where um, looser porous boundaries are great. Um, if you think of any, if you like, I, I genuinely can't think of any and I don't want to set us up for like trick question. There's none. Um, but looser porous boundaries are, are generally not great for um, both parties because we have the person who has the loose and porous boundaries who is probably feeling a decent amount of resentment and eventually frustration and then anger and then rage towards this person. Um, a lot of times loose course boundary leads to a lot of passive aggressive um, behavior. And then the person who's on the receiving end, um, I know I've been on, I've on, been on both sides, but being on the other side of this, of someone with loose course boundaries, it might be like someone saying, yes, I can do this for you. Oh yeah, no problem. Do you need this? And then all of a sudden one day they're like, you never do anything. And it's like, whoa. So it's not great for anyone. And I can't, like I said, I can't really think of any situation where this is ideal. All right. So now we have healthy boundaries. Um, and yeah, healthy boundaries are great for life in general, um, particularly with people that you want to continue to have relationship with. So um, I'm going to quickly turn to my notes. Um, if you have any thoughts just regarding the different kinds of boundaries, feel free to share it in the chat as we transition here in a moment. Okay. Okay, beautiful. All right. Um, I'm going to once again share my screen. Thank you for your patience today. Some technical issues um, for this. Okay. And... All right. So, like I said, um, today we're focusing on boundaries with people that we love and that we want to continue to have relationship with. And this could be a partner, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a husband, wife, a friendship, family relationships that you feel like um, was said beautifully in the chat, someone who actually wants to um, work on the relationship with you. Um, any kind of relationship that is special to you and you feel like the other person has capacity to 
um, take feedback and transmute it into change in the relationship. So this is a diagram that I think, well, I love this diagram. It's called um, the rupture repair cycle. So um, in every relationship, there is conflict and conflict is not bad. It is neutral. Um, but it's really important that we go through this cycle of rupture and repair. So if we are like, let's say like with my partner, everything is good in the hood. Woo, we're loving it. And then something happens. He says something and I'm like, didn't like that. No, no, no. So, um, we could spend a whole hour on this cycle and all the different ways you could go with this, but let's just say that I say, I go to him and I say, Oliver, that hurt my feelings that you said this. And so now we're kind of here in repair and he goes, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it like that. This is what I meant. And I listen to him and I say, no worries. Next time can you say it like this? And he goes, no problem. And then it's maybe awkward for a few minutes, right? As it is when you like voice your, your needs sometimes with people. And then we go back into harmony and then we go through the cycle again and again. And it's totally normal and totally healthy as long as we are moving through it. And one thing with boundaries is that boundaries create a rupture. And that's not to say that we shouldn't set them because boundaries are so vital to our well-being, therefore the well-being of our relationships. But boundaries create rupture. And I think the way that I've seen them encouraged to be set, I keep doing this because I'm not a huge fan of that language, to be set on social media is that everything's fine. And then one person goes, this is my boundary, iron wall. I don't want to hear it. I'm not doing this anymore. You need to stop. And so this person has voiced their boundary or voiced their needs, but they didn't allow repair to happen. So because there's no curiosity and there's no capacity for listening or really desire to actually, like was said in the chat, to actually together create a new structure in the relationship that helps it move forward, um, we don't really get go through this cycle and it makes it really hard for us to keep these relationships healthy when we're setting boundaries in that way. So what we're going to focus on here for the next like half hour is how can we set boundaries in a way that actually allows for repair to happen? Okay. Um, Kai Chang Tom, who is a amazing somatic therapist, I'm obsessed with her. She calls it the dance of love and rupture. And it happens in intimate relationships. It happens in friendships. There's a dance of love and rupture. And boundaries are part of that. It's Boundaries are great. And so we're just going to explore kind of like, what does that mean to Okay, so this is, I know this is a lot of words. Um, 
I'm going to send this, I think, this graphic in the follow-up email just so you have it. Um, but this is Kai Cheng Tom's um, graphic that she made. And I think it shows really well the different, because the world we live in is not binary. Setting boundaries is not binary. Relationships are not binary. Um, and so sometimes, like I said, with this new like model of boundary setting, it's very binary. It's like, I said this, so you're going to do this. And if you don't, I'm out of here. Those are rigid boundaries, sometimes necessary, a lot of times not. And so this kind of explores, um, you know, the strengths and weaknesses of both sides. If you're in a relationship where you feel um, pretty safe and like the person wants to collaborate with you in efforts to improve or create a safer environment for the relationship, um, forgiveness is usually a pretty great way to go. Um, it makes room for mistakes. It allows for curiosity, can be healing for everyone involved. Um, and then I would say when the relationship starts to get one-sided or even um, abusive, this is normally kind of where we end up. So when setting kind boundaries too, how the other person responds can tell you a lot about the safety level of that relationship. If you're setting really rigid boundaries and someone doesn't react great, I don't think that's a great indicator because most people wouldn't take rigid boundaries well, even if they're super self-aware. Um, <clears throat> consequences of, oh yeah, so this would be more of the rigid boundaries or even just, you know, with someone that you, um, I think Jason said in the chat, like someone that you've already set boundaries with before, voiced your needs and they were like, you know, whatever. Um, it sets a clear message. It stops prioritizing harmful behaviors. Um, and then on the flip side, it can easily become vengeful. Um, it can lead to conflict escalation. Um, yeah, so, I mean, this is just a lot to think about and take in. So let's take a moment and how do I pause share? Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Did it work? No. All right. Well, let's take a moment and um, take a few breaths together. And go ahead and just let me know in the chat how you're feeling, what's coming up for you. This is a lot of words, a lot of concepts. A little pit stop intermission. Notice how this is landing in your body. If you want to share a sensation. <sighs> Any thoughts? feeling good thinking of a time two days ago I made a rigid boundary kind of lost it when it wasn't respected not my best move totally 
feel like we've all been there. Good detail, feeling motivated, happy it's Friday. Me too, Jason. Feeling heard, validating of what I've said in relationships and also what I've received. That is an awesome last name, Starwalker. All right. <clears throat> Let's keep going. Okay. All right. So here's another diagram from Kai Cheng Tom. So um, these are the two keys of loving justice. So when we are setting a boundary, well, first of all, for context, this is more, um, Kai Cheng Tom does a lot of work around embodied activism. Um, so in terms of social justice, this is kind of her domain. Um, but this also applies to interpersonal relationships and boundaries, because essentially social justice is like, so is like boundaries on a macro level. So the two keys of loving justice is compassion and curiosity. Hmm. I love. So compassion, I'm just going to read through these and you can see how they land in your body. Really just, you can even close your eyes if you want and notice how it feels as I say these words. Compassion. I invite you to be your best self. You have the right to have boundaries. I respect you unconditionally, even if I don't condone your actions or beliefs. Your needs matter. You are more than your mistakes. I hear you. Self-compassion is I respect myself unconditionally, despite my flaws. My boundaries help me love myself and others. My needs matter. I can learn from my mistakes. Curiosity is tell me more about... What was it like for you when? What's really important for me to know about your story? What do you need to feel respected? How can we respect what's important to you while respecting what's important to me? Oh, Lord. I love this. Okay, so go ahead and take a moment and just note down in your journal or whatever you have in front of you, your phone, um, notepad. How did that land in your body? That concept, those words. The idea of Someone wanting to understand your story, your boundaries, with loving compassion and curiosity. And then feel free to put 
your thoughts in the chat. Really helps enrich these sessions. Victoria says, acknowledging the nuance and complexity of boundaries, forgiveness, consequence, rather than just seeing the binary feels very valid. Um, I know for myself, when I see these diagrams, there's such an unclench that happens for me. Um, when we're talking about the rigid boundaries, we have like, it's almost like a clenched fist. Like, I don't want to let you in. I got to keep my shit together. Like, you don't understand. And then reading these words is like just an unclench. Like, okay, I'm safe to bless you. I'm safe to open. Um, I'm safe to wonder and be curious. All right. So we're going to now move into a meditation. <laughs> Sorry, my dog is like having a moment right here. Um, so let me pull my notes up. I'm on a actually ancient computer right now, so it's taking a moment longer than normal curiosity allows for clear understanding fuck yes it does absolutely okay all right so you have the right to have boundaries made me feel the energy on top of my skin really vividly wow that's amazing. Oh. Okay. Thank you guys for sharing. All right. So we're going to do a brief somatic exploration. So go ahead. And um, when I ask you to call someone to mind that you've recently had a conflict with, I don't mean like um, a blow up explosion. I mean, like your barista got your coffee order wrong. Can you not do that right now, please? Or like your dog is trying to clean herself during this presentation. Something where you were irritated. Okay. Um, so go ahead and if it feels safe and comfortable, you can close your eyes and start to feel into your body. And start to call to mind a recent time when you were irritated, you kind of felt like someone was pissing you off. Maybe they were playing music too loud. Maybe they got put normal milk in your oat milk latte, whatever it was. Just low level irritation. And now start to imagine that you were that person on the other side. And now start to imagine you see yourself 
you see the frustration boiling up in you from the eyes of this person. And you can tell, okay, we're about to receive something from this person. How does that feel? That preemptive, okay, something's about to happen. How would you like to receive this boundary? Whether it's asking for a new coffee or asking to turn the music down. What kind of tone would you like to receive it with? What kind of body language? What is the general energy that you'd prefer to be approached by? Would you want them to have a certain level of curiosity towards your situation? And how would you prefer they be open to you or closed? And as you think of this ideal way for them to voice their need to you, notice what happens in your body. Can you imagine this person that is you coming over, quote, setting a boundary in the most kind, compassionate way? How does that feel to receive? What sensations or thoughts arise? And then when you're ready, blink your eyes open. Since we were kind of imagining being someone else, take a look down at your body and touch your arms, touch your legs, say, welcome back arms, these are my arms, legs, these are my legs. Oh, making any sounds. And then putting in the chat, what came up for you? Megan, lots of kindness, curiosity, clear communication. Imagining how I would like that boundary set with curiosity made my body soften. Yeah, same. Imagining someone coming at me passive aggressively or rigidly makes my body clench and imagining someone approaching me with curiosity and compassion and the principles that we explored on the previous slide. Oh, it's like an exhale. 
Okay. I would want the person to be calm and confident in speaking their needs with kindness. Yes. You said it, Victoria. That's it. Calm and confident. Not overly apologetic. Not aggressive. Just calm and confident speaking their needs with kindness. All right. I'm going to um briefly return to my notes here. And we're... um. Gonna explore one last topic and then we will close out with some Q&A. So um, the last topic that I would like to explore here is that language really matters when we are um when we are setting boundaries with people that we love. So and I've been using that in air quotes the whole time because I think setting a boundary, people think, well, when I set a boundary, I need to have the word boundary and I need to say, hey, Oliver, my boundary is that you don't talk to me this way. Um, my boundary is that blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't recommend using the word boundary when quote, setting boundaries. Um, for many reasons, one of which is that some generations, parents' generations, grandparents, they don't even know what that word is. So it's like you, they don't even have context for that word. So when people are, are setting boundaries with their parents that are boomers or Gen X even, um, or even older, like they don't know what that means. So no need to have to like, incorporate new words in their vocabulary while you're trying to have like a serious chat about your needs um and then also I think for people that are um more involved in this like pop psychology movement on social media because the word boundary is often linked to this concept of really binary rigid boundaries if someone comes to you and says I'm setting a boundary with you can be kind of triggering like even I've had friends do that where they come to me and they're like you weren't respecting my boundaries and I was like whoa I didn't even know that what um and it can be kind of jarring and like going back to that cycle of rupture repair it causes more of a rupture because we don't really have a positive association with that like being on the receiving end of boundaries it might bring up am I a bad person um oh my gosh what are they like and then you add more layers to the distress level or the tension level that just don't need to be there. So I don't recommend using the word boundary. Um, here are some other ways, and I'll also link this in the email. Here are some other words you can use that are just very clear, plain English um, when you are you know, voicing your needs. It's, I need this. I need space. I need food that isn't this spicy whatever it is, can be small. My body needs, my body needs to rest tonight. I won't be going out. Um, my body needs some space from this loud music. I don't like when, I don't like when we're fighting and you raise your voice at me. 
instead of my boundary is you don't yell at me when we're fighting. <clears throat> oh, even I felt tension in my body as I said that. I'd prefer, I'd prefer um, not to do this. It's not really my cup of tea. I'd prefer we uh, go to this restaurant instead of the sushi restaurant because I don't like sushi. Um, I can't do, I can't hang out tonight. I'm tired. I can't, I can't handle this conversation right now. Or I don't have space for this conversation. And also when you're um, having these conversations, there's room for your and. So a lot of times when we are trying to be nice and <laughs> set boundaries, we say, I really like you, but what you're doing is just really annoying me. And we say, but, and it feels like it negates the first part of the sentence. I really like you, but um, blah, blah, blah. You can say, and as an alternative, I really like you and um, I don't like this particular thing that you do. How can we work together to create something that works for both of us? Um, I know you didn't mean it in that way. And it also hurt my feelings. I enjoy spending time together and I'd rather do something else than what we've been doing the last couple weeks. Okay. I'm gonna show an email really fast that I recently sent. I just thought I got it yesterday, so I thought it was timely. Um, so for some context, these so this is a way you can set a boundary. This is more professionally, and this is also just for context. I do marketing, digital marketing. This was an inbound client, so someone that came to me saying, "Hey, we want to work with you," um, blah blah blah, and we were kind of having back and forth. Um, he emailed me once and then emailed me again the next day saying, please follow up on my email. And it wasn't time sensitive. I have in my contract that I'll respond within 48 hours. So I, this is a client I'm just starting to work with. And I was like, no, 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 none of that shit. So I was like, we're going to set it really clear early. So I could have been like, hi, Steve. This is unacceptable that you're blah, blah, blah. But I was like, no, I want to keep working with this client. But I also don't want them following up with me within 48 hours. So, um, all right, let's share. So this is just one example of how you can use language in a way that um, is kind and professional and hopefully is received well. And also for context as well, this is a man. Um, I'm normally a little more direct with men because they have more robust nervous systems than women. And when I work with women, I don't use this kind of directness normally. All right, so this was my response to this person. I said, hi, Steve, whatever their name was. Please allow me a few days to get back to you before following up. That was it. And then I said, responded to what he said and formally Callie. So um, for me, this sentence feels very neutral. Like if I was receiving that, I might be kind of like, oh, okay. Um, but it's just, it's voicing my quote, my boundary in a way. Don't, I, I don't like 
getting follow-up emails that quickly. Like it feels annoying to me. I had irritation, which is a sign that a boundary needs to be set. Irritation is a great stage to set a boundary in before it gets to anger and rage. And we'll be exploring that in my upcoming coaching program. Um, but irritation is a great stage to set a boundary in because the charge is still low, but it's strong enough to allow you the courage to say something like this. Okay, so that's just an example. All right. And let's now move into Q&A. We have about five minutes. So if you have any questions on anything, if you have like something in your life right now, even they're just like, oh my God, I don't know how to set this boundary with this person. or even any final thoughts you have on this workshop in general the concepts, the practices. Love using and instead of but. Yeah. It's a good one. Haven't done it yet. <laughs> Let me know how it goes, Kaylin. Thanks for sharing that email. I have to set a lot of rigid boundaries like that myself. Oh, one second. Through email with clients. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. I try to keep it neutral as well. Yeah, that's the thing about email too is like it's so um, ambiguous because we like in that exercise we did where we're exploring like how would I want someone to set a boundary with me? So much of it is tone and body language and like openness. Am I open, close? Am I aggressive? Are my eyes big? Like, and so through email, it's just all we have is words. So being super clear and articulate is important. But yeah, keeping it neutral is a good move, I think. Oh. How to get used to conflict as neutral when it feels threatening in your body. Mm. Yeah, that's a great question, Victoria. The first thing that's coming to my mind is self-holding techniques. So conflict is inevitable. And it can also feel threatening in our body. Do you see that? I just used hand. Um, it can feel threatening in our body. So when we are experiencing these ruptures or when we're setting a boundary or we're entering tension in a relationship, um, self-holding is a great way to actually like reinforce the physical structure of your body 
So you can even like put your hands over your heart, your belly. You can even imagine like, okay, what part of me feels most vulnerable right now? For me, it's my stomach. So I'd like put my hands over my stomach, breathe into this part. Ooh. So this is the part of you that's like the, I would do a lot of parts work. So like the little kid part that's like, oh my gosh, Victoria, this is not safe. We're in trouble. Like this is bad. So we're just like breathing with this part. And then once you've spent a few moments with that part of you, still thinking about the conflict, start to oscillate towards a part of you that does not feel any negative charge. So like right now I'm thinking of like a recent conflict I had with my boyfriend and I encourage you all here to think of a recent conflict that you've had with someone, tension, frustration. And notice what part of your body just kind of doesn't feel that charge. For me, it's my left knee just feels neutral. Or maybe there's even a part of you that feels strong. And put your hands over that place. You can keep your hand on the vulnerable part as well. And just really focus on this part of you that feels strong. Breathing into that part, maybe taking a few exhales. And notice if just noticing this part of your body starts to shift anything. So this is a practice called pendulation. Um, and it's a somatic experiencing practice where you go back and forth between different sensations in the same experience in your body. So we're still thinking of conflict, but I have one part of my body that's feeling vulnerable and scared and one part that feels strong. The body's a mosaic. So there's parts that feel different things at different times. Um, and so focusing on that part that feels a little stronger might help you to connect more to your body's and your nervous system's capacity to hold conflict. Because right now I'm sure you have a drop somewhere, even if it's like pinky toe. And doing that, those kind of self-care practices, like not just while you're in conflict, um, but also <clears throat> throughout your day when there's like little conflicts, like even if it's one-sided, like I get an email from someone, oh, don't like it. And then you do this practice. It helps to build self-trust and capacity. Okay. Hope that was helpful, Victoria. I'm an athlete. <laughs> I'm an athlete and I have a teammate that's often rude and oversteps. We're going to go five minutes over today. We're going to go till 11.05. She isn't responsive to kind boundaries, but I need to maintain a relationship as we work closely as teammates. Ooh. It's also difficult because of the direct competition we're in with each other. These tips were super helpful and kept me, mm, helped me keep empathy in tense situations with her. Totally. Yeah, that's really tricky. Definitely. And with those two, I would even like refer back to that chart that I'll send in the email of like, when do I maybe need more rigid boundaries with her? And when does it feel more safe to be a little more open? 
this is great information, definitely making me realize how in my head I've been lately instead of actually clean into what it feels like. Sorry, these. In my body. Good. That's awesome, Megan. Super helpful. Can't wait to try these in person. Yay. Awesome. Okay. I'm glad. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys for joining. If this sounded interesting to you, I have an upcoming three month program that's going, this is like the tip of the iceberg. Um, so in this program, I have it in my notes, it's called from pleasing to power. And I had this idea after this women's retreat in Costa Rica, Melissa was there. It was amazing. Um, and I, it's just being with women is amazing. Um, and in a small group container over three months is what pleasing to power will be. Um, it'll be completely virtual. So bi-weekly sessions where we'll be doing basically this. So like a workshop like this, the workshops will be 75 minutes. So it'll be a workshop just like this, where you're given tons of tools to um, immediately apply to your life. And then the last 15, 20 minutes will be spot coaching. So it'll be you either putting in the chat or coming um, off of mute and really saying like, this is what I'm struggling with right now in my life. Um, what, what should I do? Or what do you recommend? Or um, how can I get, receive support? Sometimes we don't even need advice. We just want to feel seen, validated, and have support. So that's what this group is for. We're going to be exploring boundaries at work, which is something that get a lot of questions about. How do I set boundaries and not get fired in the process? Like I like to have a house. I like to um, be able to afford food. Um, so we'll have a whole session on that. Um, and then also with boundaries that may need to be more rigid. So we did a whole session today on boundaries with people that you want to continue relationships with. Well, what if there's people I don't really care if the relationship ends or not, or I just want to be very distantly civil. We'll be exploring that as well. Um, when it comes to kind of like we talked about in a few moments ago with Victoria asking that question on how do I build capacity for conflict, we'll be doing a session on that exactly. How do I build capacity for conflict in my nervous system? And then also, um, how do I build capacity to have people not like me? Because like I said, in some of those um, boundaries that are more rigid, the person might not be too happy with us. And that's okay. But how do we allow our body to feel safe? And then we'll work on self-validation through parts work, which I think is like, no, I don't want to say like single-handedly the most powerful thing I've ever done, but self-validation is huge because it, if we're used to exporting our validation to like, am I actually sick? Am I actually in the wrong? Am I actually in the right? Are my feelings valid at all? Like this person talked to me weird. I didn't like it, but was I being too sensitive? What if you could just answer all those questions yourself? And that's what self-validation gives you. Um, and that's what we'll be working on. It starts October 22nd and runs through January. So it's very um, intentionally scheduled throughout the holidays because the holidays are a time when boundaries get really pushed up against, whether it just be our own physical boundary of like, I need rest, but I'm saying yes to all these parties and obligations 
and like my body just can't take it or interpersonal <laughs> like I don't even need to get into it we all know like interpersonal at the holidays can get crazy um so that's what this group is for is to hold you throughout this time um it's a really small group of 10 amazing women um 10 slots one has been uh taken already so there's nine left so if you're thinking about it definitely check it out I'll send the links in the follow-up email but um, it's going to be really powerful and really transformative. So yeah, thank you for coming. I love you so much for coming. And um, yeah, if you have any questions about anything we covered in this workshop or from Pleasing to Power, um, send me a DM on Instagram and just let me know in the DM that you attended this workshop because they don't answer all of my DMs. So thank you for coming. I hope this was helpful and I will see you guys later. Bye. Uh-oh, didn't end it. Bye, Jason. And that is all. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your presence. Um, keep an eye out for more episodes like this. If this is something that you enjoyed, like I said, we'll be doing this um, monthly. Um, keep an eye out for the next free community workshop as well in October. Um, I already have the topic, but I'll release it publicly next week on Instagram and allow for signups and registrations to start. Um, if you have any questions about this topic, um, particularly about from pleasing to power, uh, you can send me a DM on Instagram or pretty often I do ask me anything, uh, boxes in my Instagram story. That's a good way as well. And you can send me an email at support at callysomatics.com. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you and have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day.